So like this is drunk period. Well, I, I know what to fucking do. I'm just gonna get my glasses on so I can read. You gotta have your glasses ready, that's what you don't have. Oh, oh, I no, didn't know, I have, I have to do the drink. I have to do the drink. Well, no, we have to say oh, what oh. we're doing and what our thing is, and then you do the drink. Oh, okay. okay. This is drunk theory. I'm Matthew and I'm Kara. I'm Kelly. This week's episode, we're talking about medical conspiracies, and our drink will be the Quarantini. So. In the Quarantini, we have two ounces of vodka, two ounces of mandarin vodka, three ounces of ginger beer, and five ounces of OJ. And that is the Quarantini. Is that what we're drinking? I know you modified it for us because we needed more alcohol. So is the recipe you just gave what we're drinking, or is that the actual recipe? No, that is what we're drinking, I think. So the whole basis of medical conspiracies are generally people that think doctors or governments are doing things medically against the population like microchips and mind control and things of that nature. Or one of my main things, which a lot of conspiracy theories bring up, is Bill Gates and the Bill and Melinda Gates Foundation because everyone seems to think that they are trying to control the population of the world with vaccines that would kill people or vaccines to microchip people so we can track, you know, where people are going and what they're doing and things like that. And I absolutely don't believe any of that shit's fucking true. I was about to ask you if I could stop and ask a question right quick. Yeah, go because ahead. I know that this is a thing that people are like, well, Bill Gates is microchipping people and... But are we not already microchipped by our fucking phones? <laughs> like, I mean, yes. That's, that's the one flaw that most people don't find. They think that, you know, you're going to go get a vaccine or whatever. Say you're getting a flu shot, a more recent COVID. When you say the government's going to put a tracking chip inside this vaccine to track you, and you tell them, well, what are you doing with a smartphone in your pocket that tracks you 24-7 around the clock? And it knows what you're doing. What it knows would be where the point? Money. I mean, they need to know that on Tuesdays I go hey. to the pub. Right. Why? Right. For what reason what? does that help any fucking body? My thought process is why would they spend so much money on research and development for a chip that can track you? When every time a new phone comes out, everybody waits in fucking line. If you just think about your own personal life, what you doing, wait, what, what, what's today, Saturday? Let me tell y'all. You're not that interesting. Right? Let me tell y'all what I did this week. I bought two rabbits. <laughs> I went to Petco twice. I went to the QT five times. How does that help the government? <laughs> like, <laughs> how does that help the government at all? I didn't listen to the radio because I don't listen to the radio. I think it's horseshit. Not, not to mention... I watched a bunch of bootleg versions of It's Always Sun. There are people that <laughs> implant like RFID chips into their body and stuff like that. But so far, the current technology we have, the chips you can implant in your body absolutely cannot GPS track you anywhere on the globe. Because they're extremely short-range radio frequencies. Well, see, and I'm willing to overlook all of that, because let's pretend like all these people who think we're getting chipped are just dumb as fuck and don't know that. I don't understand why they think they're so interesting. Right! <laughs> like, what are you doing on a 
daily basis that the goddamn CIA just has to keep a record of it. Yeah. Well, and why do you, I mean, why do you care even if they were? Even if they fuck, if you want to know how many times I got a pet guy, more fucking power to you. I went to Eagles today, and I went to CBS. I tell you what, I need an app on my phone that lets me know every time I go somewhere. So maybe I can save some money because I'm like, I shouldn't have gone to Pat Coach Well, yeah. one, <laughs> one theory I have, and this would actually make sense, is if they somehow could put a microchip in you to track you, you might not be that interesting, but in the future, if there was ever any kind of uprising or anything like that where they would need access to that information, it would be useful. But they don't need that because I got Snapchat. <laughs> like, you know how many fucking rioters got arrested because of them dumbasses? Snapchat. <laughs> Snapchatting themselves. Yeah, or people tweeting out, like, everything they're doing. Like, and, you know, Snapchat might be going away because Donald Trump or whatever sued them. Or, you know, I don't no, know. No, that's TikTok. That's TikTok. That's TikTok. Yeah, TikTok's right. going Apparently they're suing him, too. You know why he got pissed about TikTok, right? They were mean to him, I'm guessing. I don't know. You don't know how they were mean to him? No. no. Somebody made a TikTok. You remember when he had, um, and I don't remember where it was, where he was doing one of his, whatever you call it, where he comes out and speaks or whatever. Where you had to go online and you had to register for tickets. They were free, but they only had yeah. so many. It was in uh, Oklahoma? Somebody posted a TikTok video and I'm like, hey, you guys, we've got like 8 million TikTok users. We could all buy tickets and then just not show up. And they fucking did. Oh, yeah, and, and there were only... I, there were like 200 people at his thing. Yeah. But all 8 million tickets had been sold. They... And that's why he's pissed at TikTok. They booked like a whole stadium. That shit was fucking hilarious. And there were only a couple thousand people that showed up. His official concern with TikTok is that they're a Chinese company. And they're spying or they're whatever. Spying. But they have come out and shown everybody that... They have servers around the world, and they locate data from different parts of the world to different servers. Yeah, and they do. I mean, it's not just... And they've shown people, like, even though we're a Chinese company, all the stuff that's posted from the U.S. version of TikTok isn't even stored on our server. Um, one guy had started a thread. He was like, yeah, I bought 25 tickets, but I couldn't go because I had to stay home and fold the dishes. And then somebody else was like, I had to vacuum my toilet. <laughs> And it was just a whole, I mean, it was thousands of comments of just bullshit like that. Yeah. <laughs> like, I had to shellac my I, curtains. Yeah. It was fucking hilarious. I, was like, I don't know how he, for one thing, thinks that he has the authority. That kind of ties in, like, I know that's a, a bit off topic of what we got going it on. It is, I'm sorry, I didn't but mean to. But it still kind of ties in because there's the idea that the uber rich people of the world can do whatever they want. They control whatever they want. Donald Trump being one of them, if something hurts his feelings, he can take it away. Mm -hmm. And, you know, if Bill Gates wants to control the population, he can hire some scientists to create a vaccine that's going to kill a bunch of fuckers. And apparently that's what everybody thinks that Bill Gates does. He's like the most evil person on earth. I'm, I'm about to come to defense of Bill Gates. Absolutely. Yeah. With Bill and Melinda Gates, they're very public about it, that they do give away a lot of their money. They do. And they're super, super nice And they're, they're vilified really for it. They're, yeah. It's like, when they give away money, it's because they're doing something evil. Yep. And yeah. that's horseshit. It's I amazing. Mean, well, their whole thing is, you know, 
he worked hard. He made a fortune more than most people will ever see in their lifetime. And he decided, I don't need all this money. Let me find a way to where I can contribute to make society better. And for some reason, people were like, well, you're super rich, so you're doing something wrong here. You must be trying to create a vaccine to kill everybody. Yeah, I mean, it makes no sense to me. The Bill I don't understand it. It's just fucking fascinating to me because it's like they kind of put him with the needle in hand, like jabbing yeah. poisons into people. Like, everybody acts like Bill Gates is flying to Africa administering these vaccines to little kids. But you know, nobody has ever given a reason why he would do that. And that's my thing. Like, I'm like, okay, so y'all think that Bill Gates. He's like the most evil person in the world. But why? why? What is his end game? (laughs) And nobody can tell you. They're just like, he's just doing it. He's just trying to kill everybody. Why? Because if everybody's dead, he's not making any more money. They're they're trying to control the world. How? And why? For what? Fuck it. Control us to do what? I mean, I already don't do shit but go to work and buy rabbits. What do you want me to be doing? (laughs) Bill Gates has got enough money to where people don't really tell him what he's got to do. So who does he need to control? I mean, I would definitely not just be shooting up people in vaccines to see what they're doing. Because I don't give a shit what you're doing. You're doing poor man shit, and I don't care about that. No, no matter how you, like, what angle you come at that theory, <laughs> none of it makes sense. Right. Because, for one, he doesn't have an end game, And like you said, if everybody dies, they're not buying computers that have Microsoft operating system <laughs> on them. No matter what angle they come at. There's really no explainable theory that makes sense. What's also absolutely fascinating is that it is so, like, restricted to Bill Gates. Because people aren't, like, kill doctors without borders that are actually delivering the vaccines and everything. Or kill the researchers that he's paying to come up with these vaccines. Right, it is just Bill Gates. What are some other medical conspiracies? Uh, did you finish all of yours? I interrupted. Yeah, yeah, I had to talk yeah. about mine. Kelly, do you want to do yours next? You were going to do whatever. Uh, you can go next. Okay. All right. So, I did water fluoridation. So, in the late 1800s and early 1900s, scientists and physicians first began to examine the causes of tooth decay and look at fluoride as a preventative method. And that kind of came out of something where um, in... I believe it was 1901, a dentist that had just graduated moved into Colorado and discovered something that he called the Colorado brown stain. So he's like, all these motherfuckers have this brown stain, but they still have their teeth. They're not rotten. They're not... They're just really stained. They're stained, but they're still there, which is kind of a rarity in that time period where everybody's teeth are fucking rotten out of their mouth. Were they just stained, or were they also, like, more frail or more brittle? No, they were stained and much better than what he had seen in... So they were healthy, they were just dirty. They were healthy, but stained. So, he called his friend, who had become a scientist, you know, out of his graduating class, and was like, this is weird, you know, I want you to come look at this. And they started to look at it, and they looked at, you know, teeth in Colorado, and they looked at teeth in Arkansas, and, you know, they they started looking at stuff. And what they realized is that in those areas, there was natural fluoride in the water. So, and there was a lot of it. 
So the teeth were being stained, but they were being protected. Stained by the fluoride or stained, stained by regular and stained protective? By, stained by the fluoride, but also protected by the fluoride. So th they, they were the ones that started looking at it, and they are like, you know, these people have fucking teeth. <laughs> These people have fucking teeth. <laughs> yeah, I, I, I mean, like honestly, in that day, like everybody's teeth were like rotten out of their mouth and yeah. stuff like that. Yeah, they're like, was a big thing back then. They're like in this, in he's like in this area. Everybody's teeth are relatively I'm healthy. In the 1930s and 40s, the newly established NIH published several epidemiological studies suggesting that a fluoride concentration of about one milligram per liter was associated with substantially fewer cavities in temperate climates. And that was actually less than what were, what they were seeing in places like Colorado where they were seeing like the brown stain and things. Mm. Where it occurs naturally, it's a lot higher than where it's being added. Um, so basically they're experimenting with how much does it take to protect your teeth without giving you that stain. Right, yeah. exactly, exactly. On January 25th, 1945, <clears throat> the first experiment uh, in fluoridated water began in Grand Rapids, Michigan. The results were published in 1950 showing a significant reduction in cavities. So that was the first place where they actually fluoridated the public water supply and it immediately showed that it helped. Um, similar studies occurred in Canada, the Netherlands, New Zealand, and the UK from the 40s to the 60s. Fluoridation became official policy of the U.S. Public Health Service by 1951. By 2006, 69.2% .2 of the U.S. population on public water systems, accounting for 61.5% of the U.S. population, was receiving fluoridated water. 3% of the population receives naturally fluoridated water. And those people actually receive water that's fluoridated beyond what would be added. As of 2012, about 5.4% of the world's population was receiving fluoridated water. Some countries have discontinued water fluoridation in favor of milk or salt fluoridation. The CDC considers water fluoridation one of the 10 greatest medical achievements of the 20th century. The conspiracies around fluoridated water. The infringement of individual rights. <laughs> Which is kind of the conspiracy. Oh my God. My rights. Let so me just fucking. You're medicating me without oh my, my God. approval. Well, I, I do understand that because that kind of goes with the vaccines like people want the right to choose. If you want to have the right to have fucked up teeth, more power to you. Yeah, but nobody wants that right. Once their teeth get fucked up, they want to go to the fucking dentist and then they want, when the dentist goes, oh, well, it's $4,500 for a root canal. Right. They want the government to pay for it. Well, and that's where my problem comes in. From the, little, from the little bit I've ever heard of, you know, fluoride in the water, I don't think it's like a concern of people having fucked up teeth, but other health effects. So in addition to the infringement of individual rights, <laughs> my rights. Um, take my rights. There's also uh, fluoridation 
was a communist plot to undermine American public health. And that actually came about because of Dr. Strangelove. Or people kind of link it with Dr. Strangelove, which is a comedy movie by Stanley Kubrick, where a actor in that movie says, do you realize that fluoridation is the most monstrously conceived and dangerous communist plot we have ever had to face? As a fan of Dr. Strangelove... He loves Dr. Strangelove, yes. Who could ever sit down and watch Dr. Strangelove and be like, oh shit, this is some real shit going on? Psychos. Well, apparently I mean, enough they people... one actor that played like <laughs> nine parts in that movie. Come on. To where it became an issue for the John Birch Society. So they are a major proponent against uh, fluoridation of water. And they kind of think that everybody is a communist. They were named after John Birch, who was an American Baptist missionary and military intelligence officer who was killed by communists in China in 1945. They say shit like, don't be surprised if we learn soon that fluoride in Chinese toothpaste is nuclear waste from North Korea. I went on their website and the first thing you see is less government, more responsibility, and with God's help, a better world. They have been opposing water fluoridation um, since the 60s as mass medicine, but they also oppose just like all kinds of shit that I kind of feel like is just fucking random, like sex ed. They, they oppose that shit. And also OSHA. Like, occupational... Uh, Most people call that OSHA. OSHA? Yeah. <laughs> We're just going to go ahead and put OSHA right up there with Illuminati. <laughs> the OSHA and the Illuminati. <laughs> so, um, in addition okay. to the John Birch Society, organized political opposition has come from uh, libertarians and green parties in the UK and New Zealand. Um, Anti-fluoridationist literature links fluoride exposure to a wide variety of effects, including AIDS, allergy, Alzheimer's, arthritis, cancer, and low IQ. So, the biggest one I've heard is Alzheimer's. Uh-huh. From fluoride, a lot of people believe that um, fluoride will cause Alzheimer's. Or make you more susceptible to developing Alzheimer's. I actually didn't look at anything on, on Alzheimer's. I looked at cancer. Um, because that's the, the thing that I saw. Um, what the American Cancer Society said, you know, when they looked at fluoridation, they said that um, osteosarcoma, which is the cancer that they said it would cause, is so fucking rare anyway that they couldn't produce a statistical study that said one way or another what it was caused from. Yeah. What they could say is that it wasn't more prevalent in areas where water was fluoridated, whereas it was not. So that's really all I have for medical conspiracy. This is my jam. This is the theme song for the OC. Well, you know we're still recording the podcast, right? I'm good. <laughs> Ultra. 
which is also known as the CIA Mind Control Program. These were experiments on humans by the CIA to identify and develop drugs and procedures to use during interrogations to weaken the, the individual and force confessions through mind control. It was organized by the Office of Scientific Intelligence, which was a branch of the CIA, and they coordinated with the U.S. Army Biological Warfare Laboratory. So, um, it was started in 1953, and it was, finger quotes, officially halted in 1973. So, this program used United States and Canadian citizens as unwitting test subjects. Probably 90% of their... The people who were being tested on had no idea that they were being tested on. Participants were given high doses of psychoactive drugs, mostly LSD. There were some others, and they gave names. I did not bother to write them down because it was mainly LSD. So that's how, just... But how did they administer it without you knowing? Um, I'm about to get to that. So oh. just a second. <laughs> I got all this. I'm about to get. I'm about to get into this. I I've got it written in order. What he needs is a little bit later, but he'll see. Um. So they were given a high doses of LSD. They did electroshock therapy, hypnosis, sensory deprivation, isolation, verbal and sexual abuse. Um. There were 80 plus institutions that were involved with this, which included. Colleges, hospitals, prisons, pharmaceutical companies, what have you. Most of those, the CIA came in with front businesses, and I didn't do enough research for a lot to figure out what their fronts were. But, I mean, they didn't just go to the university of wherever and go, hey, we're about to mind control our people. They had a front business. Yeah, hey, y'all want to buy some LSD? Yeah, they had something. They had a front going on. Um, It says that all of the top officials at all of the institutions knew that the CIA was involved. But they did not know the scope of what they were doing. So, they're like, hey, we're going to pretend to be Matt's barbecue stand, backed by the CIA, and we're just going to so, watch. We're just going to watch your people for a little bit. So, yeah. it's kind of a thing where... Every person only knows the information pertinent to them. So yeah. nobody knows the whole picture. Yes. Everybody only knows their piece of the puzzle. Yes. Um, and, and this started, which I think I said it, but I'm going to say it again. Um, 1953 is their first record, which there's conspiracies about when it started and when it ended or whatever. But the first official record, it started in 1953. In 1973, the CIA director, who at that time was Richard Helms, he ordered all the files be destroyed. He said, nobody's going to figure out what the fuck we've been doing. They don't need to know what the fuck we've been doing. Fuck these people. I mean, we're secret. A lot of they need to know. 1977, somebody filed, and it doesn't say who, a Freedom of Information Act request. That uncovered 20,000 documents. So apparently this guy told his people, he was like, destroy everything. And they're just like, oh, 
Because if they had destroyed it, like, the Freedom of Information Act wouldn't have uncovered it, right? Right. Or maybe they thought we'll just file it away somewhere and nobody's ever going to come looking. Or maybe he just, like, destroyed the shit that his name was on. There's no telling. But so in 1977, a Freedom of Information request uncovered 20,000 documents. And that led to Senate hearings that same year. I'm stop me right there and go... Maybe I should have done some research to figure out what these sent hearings were about and what happened. So in 2001, some of the surviving documents were declassified. Not all, but some. And it seems like there was no rhyme or reason to any of it. It was just like, declassify this and then, you know. That's kind of how the government does Yeah, they were just like, this and this and this. Just give them this and this and this. In 2018, more were declassified. In that batch of declassified shit, they found a letter to an unidentified doctor. Um, and that letter discussed the work on six dogs who they made to run, stop, and turn whenever they wanted them to by remote control and training. <gasps> But that's all I've got for that. I don't have any follow-up to where what happened to those, you know. And I even, I looked and I couldn't find anything. So there's no records of what happened to the dogs after. But they were able to give them brain implants that they could maneuver with a remote control and make the dogs do what they wanted to do. I'm thinking that would be more along the lines of they were experimenting with the implant on a dog. To see how they could adapt it for a human. Oh, absolutely. Everything they're doing, they're trying to get for humans, which I'll get into in a minute. One of the things they tried to do, they tried to produce what they called a perfect truth drug for interrogating suspected Soviet (laughs) spies during the Cold War. So you could steal their secrets. Well, yeah, they thought they could give them a truth serum. Yeah. Right? So, um, we don't know if that ever worked out. And, you know, that's a lot of the conspiracy theories with this one. It's because this guy ordered all of their documents to be destroyed. We don't have a lot. So all we have is anybody that we can actually find that's willing to talk. So we don't know if any of it worked or not. But um, apparently there was something called Subproject 54, and that was the Navy's top secret program that they called Perfect Concussion, and they were supposed to be able to use, it says, um, suboral frequency blasts. Is that not just like beaming you with a loud-ass sound? Is that what that is? I don't know. Suboral, A-U-R-L, suboral frequency blasts. Well, that wouldn't necessarily be a sound, because we can't hear all frequency. Okay. It, it would be a sound, but maybe not a perceived. Maybe not one they can hear. Yeah, but either not, way, not it's a, a sound. That's sound. that's what they're doing. So, um, it was a top secret project. It was called Perfect Concussion, and they thought that they could beam you with a suboral frequency to erase your memory. But then, in the special credits, it says that that was never carried out. Well. So supposedly they from, never did that. From a, from an audio perspective, that would make sense if you could perfect it. 
Because sound is the air moving. Yeah. You know, that's why in wide open spaces, sounds not as loud. But in, you know, a concert venue, things are super loud. Yeah. Because the space is smaller, so it's the air molecules that bounce off of each other that make sound. And, you know, you can't hear all frequencies, but all frequencies will move the air around them just at different speeds, which would make up how loud or how quiet it is. Everybody knows your brain works on, you know, you got brain waves and things like that. That's how they can, you know, put sensors on your head and monitor your brain. Yeah. The concept would be... If you could produce a frequency that was just right to, make them to, to nice. alter your brain waves to make you go crazy. That was subproject 54. Apparently there were more than 150 subprojects, but since all the records were destroyed, they really don't have records for hardly anything. So you don't really know what they were doing. No, which is what makes MKUltra a big ass conspiracy. You know, because yeah. there's you can't come out and go, well, no, in 1977 they were doing this because there's no... He ordered every record See, to be... I, I have heard of MK Ultra before, but as far as I knew, it was just like the LSD and mind control. I'm about to I get into that. I didn't know there were so many, like, sub-features. Oh, there were a bunch. So, up. I've got a whole thing. I just told y'all there's more than 150 sub, and we don't know. Like, the only one that I have is for the number 54, which was whatever that we just yeah. talked about. Um, as far as LSD experiments in the United States, they were administered secretly to mental patients, prisoners, drug addicts, and sex workers, but also people who worked for the military. And, like, in the dumb office jobs. Like, the the telephone answerer for the... Operators and stuff, yeah. Yeah, for the this really obscure group over here. And they had no idea. Like, they were putting it in the coffee filters in the morning. So... And then recording them and just to see what happened. And then maybe sometimes they'd kidnap one of them just to figure out what so happened. It seems like they primarily researched and preyed on people that most of society wouldn't really give a crap about. And I had almost wrote it down and I didn't, like, but one of the declassified documents, which you can read all through, which I did, there is a, he's a doctor or something, and he gives that quote. He says it's people that nobody will miss because yeah. nobody cares about these people. And that's how they figure drug addicts, sex workers. But how does that lead you to military workers? Because I feel like they all have family, right? They're signed, they're signed up. Yeah, they signed up. And yeah. When you join the military... You sign up for whatever they do to yeah, you. Yeah, you, so you pretty much give away all no, that's your, but, um, You give away your rights to the U.S. government. But then, so check, you got something for going uh, No, like, when you said you were doing MKUltra, I looked at it, and I was actually shocked at how much hookers played in. I'm about to go into oh, the hookers. Oh, oh, okay. I'm about to go into oh. the hookers. <laughs> So they had the CIA had a whole operation. And this is as far as I can tell, only in the United States, not in Canada. Whereas the MK Ultra was the United States and Canada. They had a thing that they called Operation Midnight Climax. Did you read about this? I read about Midnight Climax. Yes, I did. Where the CIA set up a bunch of fake brothels. 
dosed the Johns with LSD, had two-way mirrors in the room, so they recorded the whole thing. Yeah. And then, you know, when it was over, took the guys in, asked them questions. If they didn't answer the right way, they fed them LSD until they answered the right way. Is it really a case of they'll tell the truth or a case of they'll tell me what I want to hear? Right. Exactly. And that's where the conspiracy comes in, where people are super against it. I am not for it or against it. I think that it's good. I think it's a thing that needs to be done. I think it is also one of those things to where it needs to be unwilling participants because if you know that that's what you're doing, your answers are going to be different. Yeah. And it is a thing that they need to know. But am I, like, would I like it if they did it to me? Probably fucking not. Put them in my mind, I'm, I'm thinking of using this as, you know. Put it in any scenario you want to and then we'll talk about it. If it makes right. it easier for you All to right. put it in a scenario. Sorry. I'm thinking of the government using the things that I say against me mm-hmm. if I'm on acid. Are they getting real information? Are they spending yeah. billions of dollars a year just listening to some drunk person's story? <laughs> like, I mean, we got free podcasts for that, guys. Matt, final thoughts. Uh, well, I, I do believe MK Ultra was a thing, definitely. I'm not sure, you know... How beneficial it would be as far as fluoride in the water and stuff I don't think you can really pinpoint that to any specific ailment I don't think and so as either. far as the uber rich people like the Bill and Melinda Gates Foundation poisoning people with vaccines I don't think that's happening I think they're just generally nice people nah. and those are my final thoughts